Welcome back, y'all, to the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table, and we cover a multitude of topics. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, bringing you information, ideas, concepts within 15 minutes. So we have a good one for you today, so sit back, relax, and listen as we get into it. Okay, so today we have a special podcast. I'm actually sitting here in my brother's studio, Ike Wingate. Wow, there's, it's probably why you sound so good right now. I do feel way more professional than just talking into my phone. Yeah, I would say like your uh, podcast game just got up like 72% of the time, every time. That's uh, that's an interesting stat that you just draw it on. I would say, I feel like it's at a solid 80. You know, we're sitting here in the studio, we got the candle going, we got, I mean, we're missing cigars is essentially the only thing we're missing. I uh, just realized you lit the candle. So I know you were threatening to do it earlier, but uh, it's nice that you've done it's that. It's for ambiance. It's really to set in the vibe as we get into episode 95. And wow, what an honor to have my brother on. So funny, he actually has a radio show and I uh, did color for him on that. And it was quite a fun experience. Well, we're just uh, using each other's, uh, you know, uh, talent uh, for our own personal gain. And, you know, what's wrong with a little tit for tat? Correct. And it's not every day you get to do a podcast with your brother. But if you guys have known and listened, one of my most popular podcasts so far is going into cow mutilations. So I went into this before because we grew up on a small farm in Arkansas and we had a lot of strange things happening. And the result of it, sightings came to our home, which was a television show that focused specifically on UFOs. And uh, they did it actually recorded there. My grandfather, our grandfather was on it. And today I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about my brother's perspective during those times. So you guys, first of all, know it's true. And second of all, I have a witness. Oh, it's definitely true. I mean, is it okay if are you allowed to play any music on this? Yeah, we play. Yeah, play. Let oh, it roll. Oh, oh sorry. I, I just, got the candle going, man. It's okay. all good. I mean, I didn't. You know, just wanted to set the set the stage is here. Is this unsolved mysteries? Yes, it is. I can't do that voice. That voice is like on this edition of Zachary's podcast. There was a man who was had some cows, but no one knew what was happening to them. We'll discover tonight on Unsolved Mysteries. I'm 85 years old. Yeah, have you seen those new ones on Netflix yet? No, I haven't. I, I, I am more of an Unsolved Mysteries purist, and I can't bring myself to watch it because I feel like I would be sort of betraying Robert Stack. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not the same. What's really interesting when you watch it is like I feel remotely traumatized as a kid watching those because our grandfather would make us watch them. And as a kid, when you're watching them, it's just, it's a, it's a lot to process. Well, I don't know if I would, I don't know if that I would say he made us watch them, but basically he was like, my house, my TV, I'm watching it. If you want to watch TV, then you will watch this super scary show that I love. <laughs> well, as a child, it feels, but man, that show, like I watch it now and it's good. But it's not as good without him and that narrative kind of going into breaking down the different stories. Oh, my gosh. It's like I had nightmares of the sound of Robert Stack and that music, by the way, that just haunts you. 
I mean, it, you feel like you're about to be abducted by something or, any minute now. Or you're just going to disappear out of nowhere and no one's ever going to find you. The uh, guy that started hosting, are you talking about this Dennis Farina guy? Is that who you're talking about? So the, on Netflix hasn't even tried to fill him. All they do is do the same intro, and they just do a picture of him faded out in the background. I've never really been a fan of his. Uh, not that I dislike him. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 do you remember the movie Stakeout? I don't know if you ever with... Uh, One and two with Emilio Estevez and... Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, whatever that dude's oh, name that was. Name? That's a great movie. Yeah, well, uh, Stakeout 2, I think um, this guy, Dennis Farina, was on it. I don't know. Ever since then, um, I've never really been a huge fan of he's his. He's not scary. He's like he's a little bit creepy, but not scary. I, I think that he's more of the guy that's going to invite you over for like, hey, I made a great lasagna. Come over and hang out with me. <laughs> and he's like wearing like a Christmas sweater. And you're like, why are you inviting me? Yeah, he's not exactly the... Uh, unsolved mysteries personality. I'm trying to find the name of the the cast of Stakeout. I I mean Richard Dreyfus. That's yeah, the Richard guy. Dre- well, what's crazy is like what made that show so great was him, and it feels like Netflix is trying to tell a story, but it's not. You're not getting that creepy voice, and like I think if there ever was a case to do some AI software mm. type thing. That would be yeah. the show where you're like, just bring him back just for this show. I wonder what it would be like to have Robert Stack as your Alexa voice. Like, hey, Alexa, uh, you know, turn off the lights. I will do that, but you might get killed when it happens. No, if it's like if you play that music and his voice comes on, like if you listen to that, you're done. Like you're going to, it's not even possible. Hey, Alexa. How can I help? <laughs> will you add this to my shopping list? I will, but make sure you don't die when you're walking out of the shopping place. Or aliens don't abduct you. So that guy um, lives lives in a scary place in my heart. But yes, I do remember watching that show. And uh, also America's Most Wanted with, uh, you remember that guy? You know, I met him once. What's his name? His name is... John Stamos? No, no different guy. what is his name? The guy from... We're just we're just going to talk about people and Google their names. The guy I mean, that's from, normally what I do on my show. Okay. From, so, you know, my five listeners are very intrigued by okay, Well, there's going to be six on this one because I'm going to listen. Uh, John Walsh? So, John Walsh, though, uh, do you know about his You know about his story? Yeah, yeah, his, his son was abducted, and then it got him into it. That story is insane, because he was super, super focused on his career, and the whole story with his son is just traumatic. But John Walsh was passing legislation for, the, for children and kind of what laws can do, and I met him once, and you see him on TV with this hair, and you're like, yo, this dude must be 6'8". When you stand up, that dude has to only be like 5'4". He is not a big dude. Yeah, that's kind of honestly the way it is with most TV personalities that I've ever met. Uh, like I remember running into Sean Hannity one time at a, at a radio conference, and I looked over, and all these people were talking to this guy, and I'm like, who's that little guy? And they're like, that's Sean Hannity. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's not that big, and he has a lot more gray hair than it looks like on TV. That's because he only, like, blacks the first part of his hair. Well, you know, that saves a little money, right? But I met Tucker. I didn't meet Tucker Carlson, but I saw Tucker Carlson once in the street on the phone, 
And he seemed like he was of average height. But it's like, these shows really dominated the 90s. You had Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted. And you you really wonder why they took it off the air or why Netflix hasn't picked it up again. Like America's Most Wanted? Yeah. Does this sound like America's, America's Most Wanted to you? I mean, it sounds like a 90s video game. Yeah. But the sound, the the uh, the music from Unsolved Mysteries is probably a way more chilling. Yeah, America's Most Wanted was like this guy thought he could get away with it, but our officers down in Miami Dade, Florida, had other thoughts tonight on America's Most Wanted. So I guess what's interesting, getting back on topic about oh. this time, uh, was this about a, something specific? I well, thought we, we were. were just... I, I introed with cow <laughs> mutilations, but we just kind of went off on a tangent. But I think that's kind of what played into it, because whenever we were on the farm, and sightings came out, and like in the '90s, like to see people making a TV show was like a really big deal. Yeah, it was really strange, especially living in a very small town where things like that. Didn't happen. I mean, you know, our dad liked to use, you know, it was always videotaping, like the classic dad with a videotape or video camera over the shoulder. But a a real broadcast television-sized camera was out there, boom microphones, lights. It was uh, literally like it looked like something out of a movie. It It was really unbelievable. Yeah, it was quite the production. I actually don't remember it. I I was five. Um, <laughs> I was ten, but I can assume it was quite the production looking in your cattle field and feeling like you're on a Hollywood set because that's how it feels. Like the remoteness of this farm, no joke. Once again, like I'm giving you five-year-old perspective, but it felt like it was down a dirt road for about a mile and there was a house in a ravine and that was it. Like, you didn't even see streetlights. Yeah, I mean, it was a 180-acre uh, farm. Uh, I would say it was probably a two- to three-mile dirt road. It's at the very end. It's in a valley. There's really nothing around it. Uh, very remote. And to see headlights coming down the road was a big deal. You knew either someone that lived in the house, you know, mom or dad or somebody else was coming home or we had a visitor. So there was really not a whole lot that uh, happened without us seeing it. And so it was really bizarre when uh, these cow mutilations started popping up. But, you know, even in the middle of that, even not even necessarily getting into the specific mutilations, was the whole feel of living there at that time was you kind of uh, never really knew who might drive up your, you know, driveway and end up and say, Hey, I'm with X, Y, Z, you know, this publication or that or whatever. And we've heard about some mutilations out here. And so it really was not, uh, really out of the norm or crazy. If, if somebody showed up and was wanting to, uh, ask about cow, cow mutilations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in itself, I mean, as you're a kid, when you're experiencing that, it's really strange because you, you're having a phenomenon that your parents can't explain. And it's so it's so intense that it's also creating this fanfare. Because during that time, people were so 
interested in this story. I mean, it was it was happening across Arkansas, and like like Isaac was saying, is like you had no, there was no light, so you didn't see anything, and there was no reason why these cows would be just mutilated. Like you're gonna see things that happen at night there if you're in the country and it's just pitch dark. Yeah, that that was actually what was so uh, scary. And really, it was there was a vulnerability that came with it. There was sort of the feeling of being violated, uh, even though I was never abducted or probed you by were any, never probed, not that I know of. Okay. Um, and so, but it was still a feeling of being violated from the standpoint of where some of these mutilations took place in relation to where our house was located. You know, was not more than say you know, a thousand feet away. I mean, maybe 500 feet away. It was areas that we had just been maybe the week before, uh, in, in the pasture or whatever near a pond where we were playing. And then you see the scene, uh, which was really, you know, not much more than a cow just laying over on its side, but yet there were no, you know, traces of blood or anything like that around. It was a very clean scene, but still you knew something no matter what, you know, not knowing what it was, something really strange took place right there where you had just been spending time, you know, days before or even the day before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like to this day, it's still, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's happening with calculations to this day, but when you think about those stories and if you experience that as an adult, like I don't know if it'd be more freaky. Like, if you had cows now and you're like, my cows are literally getting mutilated, that's like $1,500 to $1,000 depending on the price of beef. Oh, yeah. And they're just gone. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, if it were me, if it were happening to me, I would be putting up all kinds of uh, security measures, surveillance. And, you know, Tucker Carlson, actually, you speaking of Tucker Carlson, he did an actual special on this recently where he, you know, and you can say whatever you want about Tucker Carlson, but what I found interesting is is not watching the whole thing but hearing highlights was he literally said, I can't tell you what it was or what it wasn't. I can just tell you what these farmers are saying and what the evidence showed. And everything that he said was exactly what we witnessed ourselves. So uh, he, I believe he did a very accurate job in the information gathering um, that he did for his special. Yeah. And it like, it puts in the context, like whenever you're living in the country and things happen, like you're not in an urban center, there's things that just happen like that, that you can't really explain or you know why. And, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent. I mean, especially when you get into more rural areas, I actually did a show on it with, um, it was actually, it was unsolved mysteries and they did on Netflix, and they did a show in the Navajo um, reservation where they had these Navajo police that were kind of like X-File police for the Navajo police force. Mm. And they would investigate paranormal activity because people were angry that they weren't investigating it. And what they found is they had these weird situations. They had UFOs. They potentially had Bigfoot. And one lady put up a ring camera and claims to have recorded it. And when you watch the footage, it looks like the Bigfoot comes out of nowhere. Mind you, it's not clear, but it's like, it's really interesting how when you're kind of in remote areas, how different things can influence like what's happening. I mean, they, they had rated like one situation happened where they had a UFO that looked like it peered a laser into a person, a woman's head. And like the next day she had migraines 
and they, they, they walked around the car with the compass and they could tell that the magnetic north was switching, indicating that the car was magnetized and potentially had radiation. So mm. it's like it's weird things like that that we just we don't really can explain, but they're but they're phenomenon that happen on like like that with cow mutilations. Yeah, and, and and growing up, it literally it was a scary time. I mean, I remember, you know, I'm five years older than you, so I was about 10 years old when all this was happening, and I just remember th- being so scared about what may or may not be happening outside. And, you know, we ended up moving away just because uh, actually we were renting the place from our grandfather, and they sold the house to some people from California, and then when we moved um basically north, almost on the same, uh, I don't know, east to west trajectory. It was just like due north. And uh, I I do remember when we were talking to the people that were interested in buying the house, um, they were just in love with the property and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I think I, I think it was me or maybe our sister Sarah that ended up like saying something about you know the cow mutilations so or the aliens. House, <laughs> cows may mutilate you. And they were like, really, you know? And uh, and and I don't know who you know whatever adult was around was like, okay, well that's enough of that, you know. You don't watch sightings, do you, or TV? Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, we I was I remember being very relieved to move away from there. However. Here's the twist, plot twist. At our new house that we moved to, there were also cow mutilations. But I remember them not being as intense. Like it's almost they were there was a time where there was like cow mutilations for the first few weeks or year, then it kind of died off, but I just remember it wasn't as I guess it's because the neighbor's cows were getting mutilated. Yeah, and he wasn't really saying much about it. So to to backtrack just briefly at our grandfather's house, those his cows were being mutilated in the late 70s fairly consistently. And I'm not saying like 10 cows. He might have one or two a year. Uh, and that went on for a couple of years. Then it stopped. And then I think it may have been close to 10 years it started up again. And by that time, our grandfather was basically old enough to where he was like, I don't, I, you know, I know what I'm seeing is not correct and I'm I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to make sure I get the word out about it. And so he just was basically at the point where he was like I really don't care if people think I'm crazy because this is what's happening. And when he actually came out and started uh publicizing it, he had many many people that would reach out to him privately and say this has been happening to my cows, but everyone has, you know, basically advised me don't say anything. You know, I've I've felt like I would be looked at as crazy. So thank you for being uh, bold enough and having the courage to get the word out. So uh, not necessarily right there in that particular area of Northwest Arkansas, although that was happening, but we're talking about all over the country. These mm-hmm. people were reaching out, but those mutilations started happening when we were younger. They sort of picked back up. And then when we moved, um, you know, we weren't really thinking about it. We had a few head of cattle, but it was all on a piece of property that you could easily see. Yeah, and if a cow, if you got, I mean, there's no way, but that's really interesting that, like, Grandpa on himself was kind of, like, creating a movement to raise awareness for cow mutilations. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, I <laughs> I say, because he was basically at the point, and he was like, he's like, I don't give a crap anymore. Like, if people think that I'm crazy, I don't care. I know what I'm seeing, and I'm not afraid to to put it out there. 
And, um, you know, I, I remember him telling us the closest anyone ever came at that time to discovering it was they heard a humming noise like a motor was on and it was behind a barn and it was late at night and the and the per, the, the the farmer the cattle the cattle rancher if you will um, he's definitely not a farmer okay so he finally went out and went out back and he found his the cat you know the the cow which was always a um which was always a heifer a young uh, a, a, a female uh, cow that had not had uh, a calf yet. Really? Yeah. So it was basically trippy. What you might call a you know a virgin cow, uh, female, uh, if you will. Um, you can you know double check me on the uh, the fact check on there, but that was my understanding. That's always what it was. Uh, it but it was it was usually one that was still. Um, you know, still its mom was still looking for it because when those would go missing, you the, would hear the, the mom like cooing or mooing. Is it not cooing? Whatever. Uh, I, I think a baby coos, a human baby, you know, coos, but a cow <laughs> but it, actually moves. But isn't it, isn't there like a proper word for when a cow is Pro- Probably so. Probably know. so. I don't know. I'm, I'm not up on my cow nursery fra- phraseology or whatever. Wow, but, that uh, is freaky. And it like, when you say the humming, it like, kind of makes the hair stand on the back of my head because our dad also, our dad and mom who lived on Fancher Farm, which was another farm, described, you know, they saw a UFO during this time. I think it was in the 80s or 70s. I'm not sure. But when it raised up out of the ground, they describe it sounding like a vacuum cleaner, which is consistent with humming. Yeah, the the guy in this uh, deal said that uh, he discovered that it was... A humming sound, then he went around back, found the cow dead, but it was still warm. And that's why they said this guy was the closest guy to ever actually get to uh, almost discovering who who or what was doing this. So that sounds like it would have happened within like a split second. Like the time would have been really quick. Uh, it was a few minutes because I, from what I remember, okay, so we're we're really trying to get way back in the memory recollection here. Was the Isaac the, uh, Memories Museum? Yes, yeah, which is you know, be careful, uh, can get a little bit rusty. But uh, it was the guy had heard a sound for a few minutes and then finally decided to go and uh, discover it. So that's God. How freaky would it be just to see your mutilated cow fall out of a spaceship if that was a <laughs> Like, you would never forget that. Yeah, yeah. Like You, you would, would not, that's for sure. That's because they would abduct you, and you would never be able to. They would neuralize you. Never. That's men in black. But it is crazy how you have it happening, and nobody ever witnessed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But when we did move, we did find... Uh, we did find another cow that had been mutilated, that had been mutilated on our neighbor's property. We were driving down the dirt road, and I remember just looking off the road and seeing a cow dead. And I thought, okay, at first I thought it was just sleeping. And then, like, a week later we drove by, it looked the exact same. And then we decided to go down there and uh, look at it. But it sounds like she's killing him. He pulled it up. Yep, but so. like, but how how strange would it be if you are, let's just say hypothetically, you are extraterrestrial, okay? 
then you're going to come to Earth. Well, if we're being hypothetical, I can fly on my own if I'm an extraterrestrial. Okay, you're extraterrestrial. We're all extraterrestrial. We come to Earth, and what we want to do is abduct cows in the middle of nowhere and cut out their stomach, cut out their eye, cut out their butthole, and just (laughs) suck all the blood out and then just drop it and fly away. Like, why is that the go-to? Well, it... So... You know, I don't want to fact check you here on your own podcast, but it was, (laughs) it was, it was removing the sex organs, which I don't want to give you an anatomy lesson here. For the record, I was five. So, you know, well, I don't want to explain the difference between a bee hole and a sex organ in a pee hole. (laughs) (laughs) This is taking a weird turn. So you're Uh, saying that they cut out all the sex organs, but they also cut out the stomach as well in the eyeball. No, so they what they did is they cut out the sex organs. Basically, it looked it would look to a five year old like someone removed everything around the butthole and pulled it out, uh-huh. and it was all precision cut, high heat. So it didn't really it didn't look like a jagged butcher scene. They would cut off the udders, which are the teats in which they uh, what are teats okay so uh, you know if we're gonna um and so they would cut off sometimes an ear and an eyeball and sometimes the tongue uh in my understanding those were the items that would be uh, removed i don't know anything about a stomach but well i mean it's just it just it makes like why the tongue and some people speculate, you know, it's it's some kind of uh, experimentation to see what works, what doesn't, how, you know. So the interesting thing is all of this was put up against, you know, law enforcement. Law enforcement came out, checked all this out, told our grandfather that it was coyotes. Uh, it was not what they or thought. Was, or they could have said potentially devil worshipers. I remember as a kid that was something said. That, yeah, that was something said. I don't know. To, to my knowledge, that that was a theory that was ever really ran out because then, therefore, that would make it to where the police officers had to do something about it. That that would then put it back on law enforcement to investigate further. So their theory that they came up with was it was coyotes getting after a cow and eating portions of it, even though it was like very specific coyotes, that they only like tongues and eyeballs, sex organs, and udders. Yeah, and there was no blood. It wasn't like, you know, when you get to a a kill site or when an animal kills something, it's messy, but you never saw any blood. And our German Shepherd, who was a police canine dog, trained, scared of thunderstorms, but... And fireworks. And fireworks would never get close to it. You know, I do remember that, and I just remember the whole thing was so strange. Yeah, it was... uh, the, the, The weirdest thing about it to me was the fact that it would look like a whole cow... Like nothing was wrong with it, laying there. Oh now, when you got really close to it, you saw the different things that were different. But what I mean by that is the hide, the hair uh, was all on. Yeah. It wasn't like it was decomposing or it was being pulled apart by vultures. All of the scavenger type animals avoided it. And really, the only way that these carcasses would decompose was through like maggots. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people just ended up burning the carcass because uh, that that's actually how we ended up seeing it at our new home is that farmer just left it there and had been laying there so long looking the same. That's what piqued 
my curiosity and our cousin Nathan. I think you went down there with us too, and we yeah, took we pictures went down of there, it. We took pictures of it. Yeah, because it was just so weird. But it was the exact same thing. And we mentioned it to this guy, and he acted like he didn't know what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, but that particular farmer, he wouldn't. He wouldn't care. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. So it was strange that we continued to see it happening even in a different location. There's no doubt about it. But either way, as kids. It was so freaky and so weird. And honestly, um, it's one of the, <laughs> it's kind of a party trick now. Like if you're around some people and you're hanging out and maybe you don't know them very well and you're, you're wanting to come up with a interesting story, you kind of bring up the cow mutilation thing and it just freaks everybody out. I mean, I don't bring that thing up unless I'm camping and I really want to scare people. But, yeah, it's always a good thing. But, you know, it, it does do that, but it also... To me, it also creates an interesting perspective where at a young age, you kind of realize like there's weird things that happen that people just can't explain. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's, I think there's things in this life that we won't know, um, and maybe one day we will, but the the fact is it is uh, so strange, and you know, no one can really come up with a great theory because the human element on something like that the likelihood is so low because there are so many potential mistakes that could be made and everything that was done and, you know, not one time, but several times over and over and over was so precise and, uh, it was so consistent. Like once again, you never saw the blood, you know, and if you think about that, that in itself is like, if you, if you butcher an animal, there's going to be so much blood, you know, and you have to you have to bleed it out. You have to cut its throat and let it bleed before you can even butcher it. You know, it's like that's the thing about it. It's like you can't butcher a cow with blood in it. Yeah, yeah, you've got to hang it up and let it bleed out, right? And then that's uh, then you get the hang weight. I only know that because of buying uh, beef. The hang weight. Yeah, the hang weight. You know, it hanging. You know, that weight after the blood is uh drained that is the weight in which you buy the cow at essentially after it's drained yeah your price per pound or something like that I how much blood a cow ha- i wonder how much blood a cow really has i don't know i don't know how much blood a cow has did but... you ever go with dad when they would drop off the cows a dos butcher hoss no man like i went there one time with dad and i've talked about i think i've talked about this before but dos butcher hoss was a butcher shop ran by the Amish and where we lived, like the Amish had all the businesses on a lock, businesses like that. And they would only go to school till like sixth grade or seventh grade. And they would just start working. I don't know. But I think this is, sorry. Is this is a, cow, a cow is taking a pee right now. So but I watched it one time and the guy took an air gun and shot a cow in the back of the head and killed it right in front of me, hung it up and just bled it out. I'll never forget it smelled mm. like hot dogs in that place. Really? It did. I was quite hungry after I left. Well, I was going to say, earlier today, I saw you eat a hot dog like it was no big deal. Well, I mean, it does. Like, that stuff doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, that is. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. <laughs> so, I, when you are preparing food, the more you know about it, the less good that it tastes. Well, that's kind of like the whole concept of being disconnected from your food. Right. I mean, like if we're not killing our food, we're not in the process of hunting it and we don't understand it like we used to. We're now entering in a new time period where we just go to the store or grow our, you know, when you grow your cow, when we were kids, we'd see our cow grown. We go through the process and we understood what it was. Yeah. You know, it it kind of gets you more in touch with the land 
and understand when you do eat a cow, it's not like, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, a lot of things have to be set in motion for it. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people who think when they eat chicken nuggets that it's just, you know, a flavor. You know, they don't realize that, uh, you know, it's actual chicken means the bird that, you know, runs around. Yeah, well, I'm allergic to chicken, so I don't eat those things no That's more. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. You're one of the one it of makes, the few. It makes my face red. But I think summing it up, I mean, what what is our minute mark right now? We're at like about 35. Yeah, we're about uh, 30, uh, 32 or so. I think, you know, usually I go about 15 minutes, but this is a special podcast. Um, and I really just wanted to kind of get into the cow mutilations a little bit more, have a second voice on it. I think we did a good job. I think, like, the insight you brought in your 10-year-old memory was actually really helpful. Well, good. I'm glad that, uh, you know, it could provide a little more illumination on another aspect of the story. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the value in these cow sound effects really brought it. I think they did. I think now, I don't know what a cow would sound like getting mutilated. Like that. You know, uh, one of the things that we used to say is, if you shine a bright light in a cow's face, it will stop. It will do It will do nothing. And so, our theory was, the aliens were shining lights in the cow's face, and they would freeze, and they would do nothing. They could be mutilated. Before they knew it, that was it. Yeah, but if you have a spaceship, you probably can just suck the cow up. Just but, beam it right up. But they do say they use lights. I mean, that's a really common thing, that like using lights to kind of stun people. Yeah. I've always wondered, you know, could you could you perform <laughs> could you perform it on site without taking the cow away? Uh, but just do so in a way that people would not see. No, it would be because you would have to have, that's the thing about blood though. Like you're, you're going to suck that thing up and put it into an, an environment that's almost like, you know, Dexter, like the show mm-hmm. yeah, where it's like, it's, it's, there's just, everything is controlled and it's been done so many times that it's almost like a science because to do it on site and do it in front of you, it would have to be so quick. You'd have to get out, and it's actually, in all reality, if you were a, an extraterrestrial, you have more. You're more. You're more hidden if you bring it up into a ship, because time-wise, bringing something up into a ship is different than being on site, like yeah. butchering it in front of people. You're more likely to be exposed. Well, it brings up the question too: like, where did the tongue go? Where did the eyeball go? Where are the uh, uh, the tips of the udders, and where are the sex organs? Where did they go? You know, unless they like like making them into like tacos, you know, you start to wonder maybe maybe this maybe a hot dog company is behind all this and they are mixing it all up, grinding it up, and squeezing it into hot dogs. Well, they're doing a good job because hot dogs are delicious. They are delicious and quite unhealthy. I mean, if you think of all the things they might be putting into them, uh, it's quite the variety. And uh, well, that'd be quite the R and D campaign and be like, let's go out. Like, but no one's really want to go. No one wants to go into a farmer's field in Arkansas and butcher cow because you know they think they could be shot. I mean, like you, like a farmer's gonna kill, or I should say, a rancher is gonna kill <laughs> whatever is interacting with their cows. Well, I mean, that's their investment. That's what they do, and so yeah, they are. You're, you're I don't think. Uh, I don't think anyone's gonna experiment with that. Although the hot dog that I ate for lunch. Definitely tastes like it has a little bit of cow eyeball in it. Yeah, well, you know, cow eyeball is actually really good for you. 
Is it? It has a lot of nutrients and iron into it. Have you ever eaten a cow eyeball? No, but there's the new, the new, the new, or I should say old craze coming back new, n- new nose to tail. Where, like, really, if you're going to eat. Is that, is that a different thing, like, for farm to table, nose to tail? Nose to tail is a new term where you eat all aspects of the animal. Really? Even, so what about uh, mountain, mountain oysters? They eat that, too. Are you, do you follow, do you know who Liver King is? I know, and I don't, I don't, I intentionally don't want to know who that is. Well, essentially, long story short, Liver King is this ripped dude who could take PEDs, performance enhancing, like, he could take steroids, but he eats cow testicles raw on his Instagram. That's ballsy. <laughs> All righty. Well, <laughs> I think note. we'll wrap it up there before this conversation gets any more sideways. Thank you guys for listening. We'll have another show tomorrow. Isaac, do you have any closing remarks? Hey, always a pleasure. Was a lot of fun, and uh, thanks for having me. And great job, man. Keep keep at it. Only three hundred and twenty-seven uh, more to go. Quite a few. I try not to think about it or even comprehend what I got myself into. But you guys have a good one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.